Hello, fellow nosebleeders and new audience members. Welcome to the Nosebleed Podcast. My name is Alfonso Brew, and on today's episode, yes, episode 10, we will be breaking down and discussing the Boston Celtics versus the Toronto Raptors series. My keys, my points, and actually my prediction of what is going to happen um, in the series. It's going to be a fun, exciting series. But let me go ahead here, shut the fuck up, and play episode 10 of the podcast. Hopefully everyone enjoys What the fuck is up, everybody? Today has been a beautiful day so far here in Tampa, Florida. For all my Tampanians out there, <laughs> if that's a fucking real word. What's up? How y'all doing? My Floridians, what's up? Everybody across the world, what's up? How y'all day going so far? Hopefully it's going great. Okay? No fucking negativity. Hopefully it's going stupendous. You know what I'm saying? Uh, on today's episode, we're going to go ahead here and tackle the Boston Celtics versus the Raptors series. Now, this series is going to be, I think it's going to game seven, y'all. Um, game one might be a blowout. Who knows? I feel like game one is more of a fill-out game than anything, um, honestly. And shit, it may not be. <laughs> That's what makes the NBA playoffs of any sport exciting. You have unlimited games, seven, to either learn from your mistakes, come out better, or the other team makes adjustments too, and you just get your ass beat. So we're going to go ahead here and tackle um, the key points in the series, um, what I believe is the key points in the series. Uh, they said that Kyle Lowry was battling an injury. Kyle Lowry's going to fucking play. Okay. Uh, the dude's a warrior. He ain't missing this series. He's he's he's, he's going to play. Um, so, let's start off. So, for the Boston Celtics, can they make up for Gordon Hayward? Okay. Um, them being able to have Marcus Smart, who... A lot of people shit on Marcus Smart sometimes, um, but real basketball fans knows that you have to have a Marcus Smart on your team. Um, Marcus Smart does so many things on the basketball court. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. You need a Marcus Smart on your team if you want to be a championship team. Point blank simple. He, he, he does all the dirty work. He can shoot. He's getting better at, at ball handling, facilitating the offense. You just need you a Marcus Smart on the team. Um, smart is able to, to run, to run the pick and rolls, um, very much better, um, than Gordon Hayward, uh, to an extent, uh, he's not really a, a one-on-one threat, um, of course, like a Gordon Hayward, but I believe that they would be able to make up for, for Gordon Hayward absence, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, because let's, 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 let's be honest. They basically have two other Gordon Haywards and Brown and and Tatum, and they're better. <laughs> uh, so it just gives Marcus Smart the chance to play more minutes and have more of an impact on the game. Um, for Toronto, key number two, will their half-court offense be good? And this is why I have been – going back and forth with seeing if Toronto is really 
a championship contender. Yes, they've always been a great regular season team. Yes, they have a great coach in Nick Nurse who who is amazing at adjusting um, excellent O's. But when we have always talked about Toronto, people make it seem like they wasn't a number one seed before Kawhi Leonard got there. They had DeMar DeRozan and they had uh, Kyle Lowry. Sorry, fucking tongue tied. <laughs> they had Kyle Lowry. Okay. And they were the number one seed when LeBron James was in the East. All right. So to make it seem like motherfuckers are out here, you know, sliding them. No, a lot of people like to forget or change the context of what has happened. The problem with the Raptors was they didn't have a true superstar. They had all stars. They didn't have a true superstar. When they got Kawhi Leonard, he was that superstar to elevate them. As and you've seen that in the playoffs. If they don't, if, if they if they didn't have Kawhi Leonard last year, they don't win. Point blank and simple. Kawhi Leonard had the best playoff run since Michael Jordan. Okay, that is to put into perspectives the amount of work that guy had. Yes, the Toronto Raptors are deep. Yes, they have good players, but. We cannot forget you need you need stars, superstars to perform and to propel you to a championship. Okay? The Toronto Raptors had all stars. Alrighty. And for me, the biggest thing is gonna be Pascal Siakam. We're gonna learn a lot about Pascal Siakam because, you know. Yeah, it was good. It was easy for him when he was basically, what, second to third option some nights uh, when he had Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard was garnering the best defender on the other team, okay? That's not going to happen anymore. Marcus Smart is going to be guarding Pascal Siakam, and we're going to learn a lot about Pascal Siakam in this upcoming series. Has he truly taken that next step? Has he really? Because... Honestly, in my opinion, I don't think he's there yet. I think Pascal still needs to needs another season or two to grow into possibly that star status. Okay, but right now I don't feel like he's ready. He's not. He's not ready to take that mantle yet. And look for Nick Nurse to go to him early on and often um, in this series to get him going. If, if Pascal Siakam comes out and they, let's just say they give him three to four possessions, and out of those three to four possessions, he's one one out of three, uh, one out of four, so some shit like that, it's going to be a long day for Toronto, especially in the half court, because they can't, they can't really, they don't have a main go-to guy that they can go to and say, get your bucket. Yeah, Fran Van Fleet can do that, but let's be honest. The Celtics have guards that can match up well with the Boston guards. So it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult. Another thing, Toronto likes to run. They want to run. They no no other team other than the other than the Milwaukee Bucks ran more of this year than the Toronto Raptors. But that's also gonna be a problem too, because the Boston Celtics have 
I believe if not, I have to check again, but I'm quite sure guys fact check me on this, but I'm, I'm pretty damn sure the Boston Celtics have pretty much the best transition defense in the league. Okay. They don't, they don't give up transition. They don't give up transition points. So, it's going to be very hard for Toronto to score in transition, um, which is why I said the half court for Toronto is going to be so important. In the playoffs, teams that like to run and gun, they start being exposed. Why? Because in the playoffs, things get muddy. The game slows down. You're going to have possessions where you're just going to have to score in the half court. Can you score? You're going to go up against teams that don't turn the ball over. <laughs> Remember, you're playing against the best, some of the best teams. When you start getting to the semifinals, conference finals, rounds, the finals, that's when you're starting to go up against equally talented teams, equally level teams. And really, what separates them is either the coaching or the little nuances of the game, honestly. That's that's really what's going to separate them. And the Raptors' ability to run, um, get easy buckets, Boston Celtics able, being able to limit them to easy buckets, that's going to be a fun, exciting thing to watch because, like I said, the Toronto Raptors don't necessarily have a superstar. They have a lot of good to very good players. But who's going to take the lead? It ain't going to be Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry is what he is. It's going to have to be either Siakam or Van Fleet. More likely Siakam. Siakam is going to have the size advantage against Mark Smart to be able to bully him, take him off. But let it be known. Marcus Smart is going to make that man work for every single bucket. Him and Jalen Brown will make him work for every single bucket. They're going to throw bodies at him. They're going to they're going to throw plenty of bodies at him. Like I said, it's a it's a total different animal in the in the versus season and the playoffs. Totally totally different animal. Totally different animal. Okay. Um. Also, can OG Ananobi Slow down Jason Tatum. OG is their best defender. Okay. He has the size. He has the the quickness to bother Tatum. Can he get after Tatum? Can he get Tatum off his game? Okay. This is a this is a matchup we're, we may be seeing for years, guys, and and it's gonna be exciting because OG is a dog. He's a, he's he he can get after. But Tatum Tatum is a dog too. He can get after too. So I want to see both those guys compete, go after each other, and, hey, shit, may the best man win. Fuck it, okay? Fuck it. May the best man win. All right. Now, let's go ahead here and throw in the last thing that I feel like will be the key, the last key. To this series. Kimba Walker. The Celtics got Kimba Walker. For this type of series. 
for this type of moment. The Boston Celtics have, during the past, what is that? Four, four years, four to five years, they have experienced multiple leading point guards. They have had Isaiah Thomas, your overlooked second rounder who became essentially an all-star. But he was an offensive guy who can't get a bucket. But come playoff time, you know, he was a weakness. He he can't defend nobody. Um, and you start to realize his size is what's going to limit him. So it's one of those things where they needed to move on. They had Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, as talented as he is, as uber talented as he is, he's quirky. He's a very quirky dude. Bought him in. You got Tatum. You got Jalen Brown. Kyrie Irving goes down. Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, the young guys, takes the Cavaliers, who eventually goes to the finals, and get swept to the Warriors. They take them to seven. They take King James to seven in the Eastern Conference Finals. Kyrie Irving comes back, and right then and there, it wasn't going to work. Why? Because now you have these young, talented guys who just took King James, LeBron James, to game seven, and basically a couple plays away from making it to the finals themselves. Mind you, Kyrie Irving was out that whole playoff run. So they did it without him, essentially. They essentially did it without him. Okay? That was never that's that so they went through that turmoil. They they had problems in the locker room because Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown want their touches. They don't want to just stand by and look at Kyrie Irving, dribble, 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 and not perfectly running the offense. Not placating to those guys, not uplifting those guys. And now they have Kimball Walker. Kimball Walker is a mixture of both Kyrie Irving and Isaiah Thomas. He has the heart, the grit of Isaiah Thomas. Mind you, his first coach was Steve Clifford. Many of you may not know Steve Clifford, but Steve Clifford is a great defensive-minded coach. Great defensive-minded coach. And in order to play for Steve Clifford, you have to get after it on defense or you have to at least try. That's one thing Kemba Walker does. He gives effort. He tries, okay? Another thing, throughout the whole season, throughout the whole bubble, Kimball Walker has literally stated, this is basically Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's team. This ain't my team, okay? I'm here to help Tim to get to where we know we can go. That is, a, that is, that is one thing Kyrie Irving did not do. He relinquished that role to Jason Tatum. Now you're seeing them. They're able to just play freely. They're able to play within themselves. 
You don't have to worry about, oh, how many touches I'm going to get in this game. So Kemba Walker is going to be very important in this series because when they need a bucket and Jason Tatum's not going and Jalen Brown's not going, they're going to go to Kemba Walker. They're going to go to Kemba Walker. But then at the same time, Kemba Walker's going to go to them. He's going to show trust in Jason Tatum. He's going to show trust in Jalen Brown. And they're going to have to deliver. So Kimball Walker is going to be a huge, a huge part of this series. Can he beat his matchup in Kyle Lowry? Can he out Kyle Lowry? <laughs> Essentially. Essentially, that's, that's, that's what we're going to be looking at. I think he can. My prediction on the series, I feel like the series is, may go at least six. It's going to go at least six. I got the Celtics winning due to the fact that they have multiple players that they can throw at either player you can think of, whether that's Fred Van Fleet, whether that's um, Kyle Lowry, whether that's Siakam. They have players that they can throw where it's going to be hard for Toronto to score. Toronto, they have Court offense, once again, has took a dip. Last year, they were eighth in efficiency. This year, they're 16th. Who's going to be the man? I don't see Siaka being that guy. Maybe Fred Van Fleet. Who knows? He's been hot. He's been shooting almost, what, 56% from the field? From three? I believe from the field, from three. I'm not sure. I think from three. But, I mean, he's been hot. So, what's what's going to happen? What's, what's, what's What's going to happen? Okay, it's going to be very, very, very exciting theories. Of course, we know the coaches are going to game plan and put their team in the best positions. But in a series like this, it's going to be about who's the best player. And honestly, in my opinion, the Celtics have the best player and they have the better overall team. I got the Celtics in in game six and six games, possibly seven. Uh, but it's going to be a hard-fought series. It's going to be a hard-fought series, and this is going to be really the toughest battle for both teams, honestly, because how the way the Bucks looked against Orlando Magic, which is – Orlando Magic is my team, but I'm, I'm an honest person. The Orlando Magic don't have the talent, the offensive talent, that, let's say, a Toronto Raptors or a – Boston Celtics team will have. Plus, the Orlando Magic was injured. So, this is going to be the toughest battle for both of these teams. I'm excited for the series. And I'm just excited to watch some fucking basketball, bro. It's, this is exciting times during this pandemic. We got to embrace this shit. Uh, let me go ahead here and take a quick intermission. And then I'll go ahead here and close out with my final words. Well, guys, that does it for episode nine. This has been fun. I love talking about uh, the Celtics and Raps uh, series. Um, Like I said, I feel like this series is going to be very exciting. Um, I feel like it may be the best series of the the semifinals, honestly. Uh, Two teams who match up very well. Um, Both teams (laughs) attack each other's weaknesses. Um, And basically, it's going to really be about who – can literally impose their will on the other team. 
um, that's that's literally what the series is going to be about. Uh, like I said, I'm super excited. Um, by the time this release, um, the game will probably be already going on uh, game one. So I hope everyone enjoys the rest of their day. Um, please stay safe out there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Nosebleeds Podcast. Uh, super excited, guys. I Give me feedback. Uh, comment what you like, what you dislike about the podcast. Um, if you would like to you know, talk about something that you disagree with or something that you liked in the podcast, just let me know. Um, I'm always available to go back and forth, banter a little bit. So everyone stay safe, and thank you for listening to the Nosebleeds Podcast. Peace.